as we come before God's Word this morning, let's just come before Him and let's be energised both in our minds and in our hearing as we open God's Word because His Spirit has to do His work in us. Otherwise, these are just words. Let's pray together. So Lord, indeed, it is a great day. We remember the fact that You were raised from the dead. And Lord, had it not been for that resurrection, where would we be? But Lord, thank You too for the reminder that this is a past event, that it is not something that is still to happen, but that You are the the resurrected Saviour of the world. You have ascended on high and you are coming again. That is what we wait for now. And so Lord, as we look at your word, we pray this morning, strengthen our hearts, invigorate us for our daily walk because our knees get weak so quickly. Our ears get blocked so soon. Do your work, we pray. May we be witnesses of Jesus who has risen from the dead. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, Colin, for those readings. And um, we're going to get the whole thing again from a different perspective, which is from the book of Luke. And to keep it in theme, um, so I'd ask you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. And we're going to do something unusual this morning. We're going to be reading from three books. So are you ready? You got your reading glasses on and your ears open. Luke chapter 23 and we are reading from verse 50 of chapter 23. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation just for the reading section. So you should be able to follow along nicely in your Bible. So let's see what God's Word says to us this morning. Now, there was a good and a righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council, but he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross, and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of the rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath was about to begin. As his body was taken away, the woman from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was laid. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by the law. Chapter 24 But very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. 
Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the, the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up. I like that. Peter. There he goes again. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. Jesus asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of, of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told him Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey and Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So Jesus went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized them. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And they, were, they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has finally risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them, and as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. 
And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly there, standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? Jesus asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now I want you to just flick over to the book of Acts. We're going to see the last little sequel to what happens. Acts chapter 1 verse 6. Remember, Luke wrote this as well, and so he's continuing the story. So the apostles were with Jesus. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time now come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in, Jerus- in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And they strained to see him rising into heaven, when two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And now flick back to Luke chapter 24 again. And the last verses there. Verse 51. While Jesus was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. And so they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy, and they spent all their time in the temple praising God. I think that's a fair understatement after all they'd seen and witnessed. There's a date that will go down in British history that is a date that they will never forget. And I've used this illustration four years ago, so hopefully you can't remember it. The 18th of June, 1815. And that's the day when Wellington faced Napoleon at Waterloo. And it's such a good illustration of this uh, uh, principle in this passage. 
Wellington faces Napoleon at Waterloo. The future of the nation is at stake. And as they were those days, the armies would go away, fight a battle, and depending on the results, that's what would happen to the nation. And so the nation waited nervously. What would the result be? And early morning, after the battle had been fought, the signal ships were seen coming into view. And if you know anything about the channel, fog often descends on the channel. And through this rolling mist, they managed to make out the signal ships for a very short while. And as these lookouts were looking at these signal ships, they noticed the signal going up with the flags. Wellington defeated. And then the mist rolled in. Terrible news. And it spread rapidly through the troops and back into London itself. Terrible news. They'd been defeated by the French. But as the mist lifted a few hours later, it became clear that the lookouts had been a little bit hasty in their conclusion. Because when they could see those signal flags clearly, the full message came into view. Wellington defeated Napoleon. That's quite a different message. You see, to Jesus' followers, when they saw Jesus hanging on that cross, what was the message that they saw? Jesus is dead. Jesus is defeated. We thought it would work out differently. We thought that somehow these messages that he had given us would somehow not be right, but that he would be victorious. But now we've seen him, he's died. He had declared himself to be their deliverer, their promised Messiah. His miracles and his messages somehow had seemed to back up this claim. But now his death had done away with the whole idea. Resurrection didn't even come into their minds because in front of them they saw a dead body hanging on that cross. Death is final. And they'd buried many people before. Over thousands of years hadn't people been buried. Death is final. And so the women start preparing the spices and the fragrant oils. He's dead. And the next morning as we read in those two passages, the woman went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. But they came back with a very, very different piece of news. You see, they didn't ever get to use those ointments. They never got to use those spices and praise the Lord for that. They didn't need them. Because they came back with this dramatic news that he was no longer there. And that angels had told them that he had he had indeed risen from the dead. What a different message to those disciples in that room. And what was their response? Look down at chapter 24, verse 11 of Luke. It says, it says there, These words that the woman brought them seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe these words. And the sad thing is that today there are many who still believe the message of Jesus and His resurrection is an idle tale. Fairy stories, religious myth. You can believe if you want to, I won't. Many do. And you might know many that do. And yet how different things were. Later that day, two disciples reported that Jesus had appeared to them on the road to Emmaus 
and he had spoken to them. And slowly hope starts to filter through into these disciples. And then they're terrifying and it must have been a startling appearance as they're busy talking about all this and suddenly Jesus is there among them and the, the doors had been locked in that room. And there Jesus is among them. I would have been scared out of my wits too. We can't look at them and say, oh, come on people, can't you see? Didn't you believe? I would have been scared witless. Jesus is standing here among His disciples in His resurrected body. And remember, He ate that piece of fish and they must have washed that. They must have, you know, there's antelope, you see them swallowing something and it goes down their throat. Well, they must have watched Jesus like that. Watched that fish go down His throat. And if they had x-ray eyes, they'd watch it go down His entrails. Because, is He real? And at first they were troubled and filled with doubt. And then Jesus has them touch his hands. And he points to the holes in his feet and the sides. And slowly that doubt and that trouble is replaced by belief and joy. And joy starts to overcome them. Can this really be true? And then Jesus acts divinely, says verse 45, and He opens their minds to see. I love that. They still can't see. And so Jesus opens their minds to see so that they can understand, not just with their minds, but with their what? With their hearts. They need to understand with their hearts. In other words, they need to believe that He was indeed risen. What else did they have to understand? They have to understand the real meaning behind all these happenings. You see, there was more than just a body being raised up from the dead and now resurrected. Because that was a message. There was hope in that message. What was that hope? They had to understand that if someone repented of their sins, as Jesus had said to them so often, they could obtain forgiveness of sins and that it could really happen. They had to understand that as Jesus had so often illustrated to them and as they had been sent out to tell other people that they had a mission, they had a very specific message to take out into the world and that was the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And it was real. They had to have that message. They had to go out on that mission. And Jesus shows them the whole picture. You see, the account doesn't just end with that happening in that room. And that's why I carried on reading. There's more to the story. There's a full message here, you see. There's a big picture. And Jesus shows them the whole picture and allows them to witness His ascension into heaven. He could have just quietly disappeared and gone to heaven. He could have. He's the Son of God. But nothing happens by accident. Jesus wanted to show them the whole story of what the Messiah was all about. And so he lets them witness his rising up into the heavens until those clouds close over and they see him no longer. And so Jesus gives them the full message. What about you today? Those of you who participated in the march yesterday, or the walk around the community, you've got that story once. Today we've heard about it twice again. What about you? Have you got the full message of the reason why Jesus died and rose again?
and descended on high. Have you got the full message yet? If you're a non-Christian here, maybe to you, you like those lookouts in the mist and all that you see is Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. I don't believe this. Jesus is dead. And Jesus has no relevance to your life. And you believe that a dead guy can't have any relevance to you in your life today. You see, you too only have half the message. Like the disciples, this message is also just an idle tale that you can't believe. How can anyone believe that someone can rise from the dead? There are many people who believe that. Do you? And if Jesus had stayed in that tomb, you would have been fully justified to keep that position. Jesus is dead. However, that's just half the story. There's more. On the third day, as we've just read, He rose from the dead. He left that tomb and He was seen by many. The truth is, He is risen. And because He's risen, there are implications and consequences for you if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He's risen, He's made possible forgiveness for your sins. Because He's risen, He now demands that all men everywhere repent before a living and a holy God so that He can forgive their sin. You see, there's no longer any excuse for living without Jesus Christ the living Lord Jesus Christ. He made a way back to God. He made a way so that you can be right with God. You can be forgiven. That's the good news. He has conquered death so that you may have life. What will you do with that message? And if you've heard that message today, and you have because I'm speaking loudly, you will have no excuse before the Lord one day. Don't you tell Him, I didn't know. You will remember a short, bald guy speaking loudly. And the Lord will bring that to your memory. And what was he saying? You need to be born again. There is hope. Don't you tell the Lord that because the Lord will remind you. You heard the message. What did you do with it? And if you're a believer here today, yes, you have believed that good message. Yes, you have heard that good news. And you believe that Jesus died and that He rose from the dead. And that's why you're a believer here today. Because you bowed in repentance to the Lord Jesus Christ. You asked for Him to take away your sin. You realized the awfulness and the helpless condition that you were in before Jesus saved you. And Jesus opened your mind, as, as He did the disciples, to see that only He can give you new life and that only He can save you. He did that for you. And you responded to that. And God enabled you to respond. And God then put new life into you. And He forgave your sins. And now, if you sit here today, you are saved because He is risen. But, sometimes, you still doubt. Yes? It is all true. When things come up against you and the waves of life come up against you, you start thinking, am I going to come to the end of my life and find out this wasn't real? Don't tell me it's just me that thinks that. Sometimes we are still troubled because we're human. And sometimes we have our doubts. Don't point fingers at doubting Thomas. Doubting Calvin's in this room too. And I know a few of you have doubted because you've spoken to me. 
There are a few of us doubters here, but Jesus can put that doubt aside in our lives and He can give us that conviction that He is indeed alive and that He will be there for us. And sometimes, you see, I meet so many believers that, oh, we've been there, done that, got the Christian t-shirt, and they're living life as if He has died again. Have you met any? And maybe you're in this room today and you've just come in because it's Easter and once upon a time you gave your life to the Lord Jesus but that's kind of where it ended and for you, Jesus has died again. Well, this reminder this Easter is that we are to draw nearer to the living Christ. Do you want to get out of your doubt? Here it is. Like Simon, uh, like um, Doubting Thomas, come and put your hands in his side. Come and put your hands on the nail marks in his hands and his feet. How do I do that? Draw nearer to the living Christ in your daily relationship with him. Because once you do that, the clearer you see Jesus Christ, the less the doubt will be in your mind. The clearer you see the nail prints in his hands and his feet, the less you will doubt that he is the living Saviour. You see, we need to see his hands and his feet. We need to be renewed by Jesus Christ. He will do it in you if you want to ask Him to give you a living daily relationship with Him and that is a genuine question. Why would He not do that? He will renew His presence in you. Touch me and see, says Jesus, verse 39. Be filled again with joy and amazement as we are reminded of what He has done for us. Be a witness for me again as you once were of His power within you. Be clothed again with power from on high. Be equipped with His power for the task that He has given to you. Be a witness again to all the nations. That is why we have Easter year in, year out. That's why we remember these things. So that we would again be invigorated for the task. And then go out boldly. Starting in Jerusalem. Now you don't have to book an air ticket. This place is called Jerusalem by the way. Did you know? You might know it as Wanganui, but it is our Jerusalem. Jesus said, start off in Jerusalem. Where were they? In Jerusalem. So start off where you are and then go out to all nations. So we are to start here in good old Wanganui, your hometown. And we are to start in your workplace. And you are to start among your friends and your family. And just live out Jesus Christ. Just live out the message. Tell them about him. And then Jesus is risen in your life too, you see. Be reminded of the big picture. So what is the full message of Easter? Well, actually it starts way before what we've just read about here today. And if I had time, I'd go right back to before Genesis. It started way back in, the, in eternity with God promising that He would never leave us or forsake us. With that plan that God had in His mind of His own Son that He would one day send to this earth because the earth that He created would not listen to Him. They would disobey Him and start living in sin. It started with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ when He came as a wee baby, when He, who was God, put Himself somehow into human form and He became a baby. He was born here. That message of Easter started with his sinless life that he lived 
among people. And then when people um, killed him on that cross, the death of Jesus, and it culminated in his resurrection and continued into his ascension, and the story is not finished. When he returns again, then the message will be complete. You see, this, the message of Easter is a from glory to glory message. It started in glory, and it will end in glory. And before then, the message is not over. You get the big picture? So take hope in that. The picture isn't over yet. There is still a story to tell to the nations. Jesus left this earth. He ascended into heaven and His disciples worshipped Him. They were filled with great joy and continually praised God in the temple, says verse 52 and 53. Why were they worshipping Him? Is it just because He was alive? Yes. But there was more. They returned to Jerusalem and they were still worshipping Him continually. Why? Because they'd seen Him fulfill His promises to them. And they knew there were more promises that He still had to fulfill. And now they knew because He'd fulfilled these ones, He would fulfill all His promises. And so they were continually worshipping God in the temple. They were waiting for that promise that He had said to them, I will send you my helper, the Holy Spirit, and He will come upon you. And so if He said that, it's going to happen. And so they were waiting to receive that promise. He had kept his promise in the past. Wouldn't he kept his, keep his promise now? You see, we can also praise God continually. And I'm speaking to Christians here today. We can also praise God continually because his promise is that he will be with you and I forever. Always to the end of the age. Equals forever. And Jesus Christ will be right here with us and in us while we go about making disciples and witnessing to God's great power. Isn't that invigorating? Don't we be, need to be reminded yearly because we forget so quickly? For how long will God's power continue with us until the end of the age? You see, there's a great promise in Mark chapter 13, verse 26 to 27. Now, I'm going to read it to you and I'll put it up there for you as well. And be encouraged by this promise. The story is not yet over. It is continuing, so don't give up now. Continue your work for Jesus Christ now. Continue your relationship with Jesus Christ now. The message of Easter is still continuing. Here it is. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. What's his direction, by the way? Is he going away from us? No. This time he'll be coming towards us. He'll be coming back towards us. And he'll be coming with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and he will gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the, to the ends of heaven. In other words, no one will be left behind. You don't need to worry about it. You just continue in the work God has put in front of your feet. Leave the rest to Him. His angels will fetch you. No one will be left behind. But don't bother bother with that. You will hear and see when He comes anyway. But in case you're blind and deaf, His angels will get you. No one will be left behind. 
I love that. So take courage. There is hope. And that's why we are to continually rejoice. You see, and when we have a time of prayer, and I'm not pointing the finger now, but when we have a time of prayer, we should be bubbling over. There should be not enough spaces for us to pray. If we remember these things. Jesus has kept His promise to mankind through history. He will keep His promise until He comes again. And so as I conclude this morning, I'm going to conclude with two, two things here. One, two, unbelievers. Unbelievers, if you do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ, be warned this Easter. It's not about Easter bunnies and chocolate eggs. Be warned this Easter. Jesus died is only half the message. The full message is He rose, He is alive, and you can come to the living Christ today and be saved. There is a way back to God and there is still time. But don't waste that time. Time might run out. And to believers here today, my fellow brothers and sisters because of the Lord Jesus Christ, here's your message. Take courage. Take courage in the full message of Easter. Jesus died so that your sins could be forgiven. Every day you can come back to Him because like me, I'm sure you fail too. Come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will once again show you His, what? Grace. We heard about it this morning. He will show you His grace, His love poured out on you, an undeserving sinner. And you will once again experience that Jesus rose for you and that He can give you new daily life. And because He ascended into heaven, you and I have hope. And we are empowered for the task. Didn't He send His Holy Spirit? Can't He still give you His Holy Spirit daily? And am I teaching a new teaching here? No. We receive His Holy Spirit once we are born again. Yes. And it's a full giving, but we are reinvigorated daily when we ask the Lord to do that through His Spirit. You need to come daily and He will invigorate you for the task. And then take note, you will not be left he will gather all his elect. This is no idle tale. But we need to live this as if it is reality. Because it is. And so with Stuart Townend, I love the song. There is a hope that burns within my heart. Does that hope burn in your heart? Or is it kind of feeble? Does that hope burn within your heart? That gives me strength for every passing day. What hope? I stand in Christ with sins forgiven. You see, it's not about what I do now. It's what Christ has already done for me in Him. I stand with sins forgiven and Christ in me, the hope of heaven. He's the hope. He's the hope. And I stand in Him. And therefore, He is risen. He is risen Indeed. you want to say that with me again? That was quite feeble. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I hope that is true in your heart. I hope that's true in your heart. Now, we're going to turn around when we leave this building and when you reach the doors out there, that's life. What we've done in here is to invigorate you for life. 
And I pray that the Spirit has invigorated you to step through those doors and to continue with the mission in Jerusalem and to the uttermost ends of the earth. We've got work to do and He's coming soon. And you'll remember the old adage, do your work with one eye on the sky because that will give you urgency for the task. Let's pray together. Lord, our Heavenly Father, as we remember the events of Easter, as we remember Your death, but also, Lord, the big picture, Your resurrection, Your ascension into heaven and Your coming again. Lord, keep us now faithful to the task until we see You coming again in great glory when Your angels would gather all those who are Yours. And we will all be together with You in heaven for eternity. But until then, Lord, the picture continues. Use us as you colour in that picture to your glory, we pray. Amen.